Podcast Answer Man, episode number 427. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. Dan Miller here from 48 Days Online Radio. Cliff Ravenscraft has been my podcast answer man ever since he was bold enough to ask me if I wanted to make my podcast a 10 rather than a 6. And from what I'm now hearing all around the world, not only is he my podcast answer man, he is the podcast answer man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, this week, I am going to try something a little bit different. I am going to be building this podcast episode as I go. I have some ideas on paper in front of me about what might be included in this episode, but the only thing I know for sure is what I'm going to start with. And let's just jump right into this and get it started. The first thing we're going to do is cover a question that came in from Jonathan Gaby, and this was uh, sent in via the voicemail feedback hotline over at podcastanswerman.com slash feedback. Jonathan, take it away, my friend. Hi, Cliff. Uh, this is Jonathan Gaby at summitsocial.co. I wanted to ask you a question. Before you got started, you did a lot of consultation work uh, for clients and things like that. And I am starting a uh, venture similar to yours in the social media space. I just wanted to get your thoughts on whether I should be charging hourly or uh, a flat rate per month. I know that there are pros and cons to both models, I guess, and I was just wondering if you could speak to your experiences as a podcast consultant when you were charging hourly versus monthly and how that kind of thing worked. Uh, I value everything that you do and uh, appreciate your time and thanks for all that you've done and thanks for helping me take my life and message to the next level. Thanks again. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for your question and also for your very encouraging notes there at the end. But anyway, I want to go ahead and answer this question for you from my experience. Now, I did do a lot of one-on-one consulting early in this business, in the building of this business. And it's something that I look back upon as a key for the success that I have today. Now, I will say this, there are some people that I'm connected to, some mentors in my life who believe that billing hourly is something that only amateurs do. In fact, I've heard that exact phrase that only amateurs bill hourly. Everyone else bills by the project. And I don't know that I agree with that statement as a flat-out statement. And because I hear my friend Dan Miller talk about this all the time, I went over to his blog and looked this up. He has one blog post on the topic, and he writes this phrase. He says, don't think in terms of hourly. Think in terms of completed projects. People are not buying your time. They're buying your unique talent and your years of experience in developing that talent. So don't get caught up in 
charging hourly is what his overall recommendation is. And I've heard his podcast week after week for the last several years. And and that's the same kind of advice I always hear him give when people talk about hourly versus by the project. I tend to agree with Dan when what you're offering to your customer is something that can be summed up by the phrase, a completed project. So for example, if you're a web designer and you're designing a website redesign for someone, that is something that I would wanna pay for on a per project basis. It doesn't matter to me how many hours it's going to take you to create the design for my site. The question is, is can you show me some examples of work that you've done, and if so, great, I like what you've done here, I like this one, I like this, I want a little bit of cross between these things. Now, you know what I want, you've done this work before, how much is it going to cost for that project? And please don't tell me that you're gonna bill me by the hour. Well, you know, it depends on how many hours I put into it. No, because I do see the issue with hourly pricing in that scenario, if you're a web designer, for example, because if you tell me how much it's gonna be hourly and you're gonna maybe just guesstimate the number of hours, the reality is is that you are going to put yourself in a position where it's going to benefit you to take as many hours as possible. Let's just say that things are slow right now, you're kind of hurting for new customers and you've got lots of free time on your hand and well, you could really drag this thing out, pour tons of hours into it and increase the quote unquote billable hours and that puts you at odds with what's in the best interest of me, which is actually getting in there, getting this thing done, and giving me what I expect in the least amount of hours possible. So my desire is for you to spend as little time as possible so that it keeps my cost down. Another problem with you billing me hourly on a website design project is I really have no idea how much to budget for. I mean, it, it's outside of my realm of expertise to know how long it's gonna take to design a website for me. So if if I wanted you to work on that and I'm thinking, okay, you're going to charge me, let's just say, 65 bucks an hour. Well, is that going to cost me $650 or is it going to end up costing me $6,500? There's really no way for me to know. But if instead you said, well, listen, you know, you've already got the WordPress website. You don't need all of that stuff. All I'm doing is putting a custom theme on top of it. I have some that you've liked. I can tweak what I know that will work and fit the desire of what you want there. And that's going to cost you $2,500. And I'm like, oh, $2,500. Okay, let's go with it. And so now I know that the cost is $2,500. Now, I'm happy to know what the cost is. And if it fits within my expectation of what I was willing to pay for this project, I agree to pay you $2,500. Let's just say you come back to me two weeks later and say everything's done, it's ready to go live. What I would like to do is go ahead and set up a session with you and we'll activate it, walk you through the site, tell me what you think. And then all of a sudden we get on there, you activate it on my site and I look at it's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you just knocked it out of the park first time. Let's just forget about the fact that there might be revisions or anything like that. No, it looks perfect. Boom, I'm super happy. I ask you to send me an invoice, I pay you your $2,500. Now, here's the situation. In the fact that you have just charged me for a completed project, I have no idea how many hours you spent on that. You could have spent 40 hours a week for the last two weeks putting that together. Or you could have actually waited until yesterday, even though we signed off on the project two weeks ago, 
you could have waited until yesterday, spent 35 minutes tweaking what you did to your last customer's theme and just made the few little tweaks, spent 35 minutes on it, and then maybe spent five minutes saying, hey, Cliff, let's set up the time to talk. And you've spent under one hour and I've just paid you $2,500. Either way, I'm getting the same thing. I'm a happy client. I have no idea how many hours you spent. And so you can see how it can be beneficial to you to bill on a per project basis as long as it's of value to the person that's getting what they're getting. And that's what's really cool on those per project basis because you can become more efficient and take things that you've built for somebody else and tweak them and modify them to fit somebody else. And you can keep doing that over and over again and you leverage your time in very significant ways when you are able to do things that are quote unquote completed project type of work. Now I'll let you spend some time thinking about what kind of things can you offer as a social media consultant that would allow you to create projects that can be leveraged with efficiency, offering the same kind of work in such a processed way that takes less and less time each time, but still offers the same valuable outcome and stuff like that. And so if you can come up with some quote unquote projects that will allow people to purchase those products from you or that end result from you and do it on a per project basis, that is very helpful. Now, there is also charging things by the package or recurring monthly packages that include certain things. I had a program once called the Podcast Mastermind and this was a monthly charge to those who were members of this community. And as a member of that community, you were paying $300 per month. As a result of paying that amount, you were given the promise of certain things. Number one, you're going to get two 90-minute calls per month with me as the facilitator, and you're going to be in a small group with nine other people in your small group. You're also going to have access 24 hours a day, seven days a week to an online discussion forum where you can communicate with other people within your own personal group, your own mastermind. But you also have the, you can tap into all the members of the other mastermind groups that are willing to help serve you in whatever way they can from their experience. And then once a month, there was a webinar where you would learn extra valuable things and that was included in your membership. And so this was something that I offered as a monthly recurring package, if you will, or a monthly membership. So I believe that if you can find things and charge a flat monthly rate and then spell out very clearly and set the expectations of what they're going to get so that you can limit your amount of time so that it doesn't exceed it so much that people are just drawing on the unclear guidelines and it's like, you know, just asking you to do things over and over again and before you know it, you could be working for almost nothing because you really don't have any limits on what they're getting from you. So my advice to you so far, Jonathan, would be to find a way to charge in either of the two ways that I've already addressed here. One, creating an end result or a completed project that people are looking for from the type of work that you do where you can offer that same completed project where it actually may end up taking you less and less time each time you do it. And 
the end result is still the same. And so the value is still the same. And therefore, the price that you charge is still the same, even though it may take you less time each time you do it. And in fact, over time, the cost can even increase because you've maybe even gotten to the place where you've added new features, new options, and new things that have been built in. And again, it was a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of energy up front. But now it doesn't take any additional time each time you duplicate that. That's adding additional value that you can then charge on those completed project types of things. Or then you could consider products and services where they're a part of a package. People know exactly how much they're paying monthly. That's something that they would prefer to know ahead of time. But yet again, my encouragement to you is be very clear on what exactly it is that you are including and have language in there that gives expectations on the limits of what it is that you're going to be including and the option for additional things if that actually arises can be discussed at whatever point down the road. Now before I wrap up here I do want to go back to what some of my closest business advisors and and one mentor in particular is known for saying on the record in their podcast over and over again that only amateurs bill by the hour. And I totally know the heart of that statement, but I don't know that I agree with it flat out in all circumstances. Let me explain. First of all, back when I was doing coaching and consulting, teaching people how to launch a podcast from scratch, getting them a completed podcast that's up and running and launched, ready to go, Before podcasting A to Z, I sold that as a package. I said, this is going to cost you $2,400 and it's going to be over the next four weeks and what we're going to do is we're going to spend two hours a week each week for the next four weeks and I'm going to start off that first week, we're going to spend two hours and then I'm going to give you homework assignments and then the next week we're going to get together, we're going to spend two hours on the phone, I'm going to give you homework assignments and at the end of the four weeks, you will have a successfully launched podcast that is going to just blow all the other existing podcasts out there out of the water. In those scenarios, absolutely better to bill by the project or by the outcome. Now, there were several people who came to me who have already spent weeks, months, and yes, believe it or not, sometimes years trying to figure out podcasting on their own. They had it almost figured out, but they really just needed a little bit of help just that little one little thing that they just couldn't wrap their mind around and they would reach out to me and say, Cliff, I need to hire you for just an hour or two of your time. How much is your hourly rate? And I would respond to them, my rate is $300 per hour and I always added this, with a minimum of one hour per call. If you get on the call and we figure out what you need within 20 minutes, you've still paid the $300 for that hour and I'm happy to spend the rest of the hour with you but that's completely up to you. Some people chose to spend that rest of the hour with me. Some people said, hey Cliff, thanks a lot. I had one call uh, scheduled a long time ago and of course I would always invoice my clients before the call. So if I knew that they wanted an hour of my time, I'd invoice them for $300. If I knew that they wanted two hours of my time, I'd invoice them for 600. They'd pay it before the call started. And there was this one client who called me and I invoiced him for $300 for one hour. I got on the call five minutes early. He ended up getting on the call five minutes early and I had already solved the problem that he had before the call was actually scheduled to start. It took less than five minutes to figure out what problem that he had. 
and instantly he's like, thanks so much. I'm like, well, you know, we still have the next hour. It's like, Cliff, that's okay. I've got other things I can do with my time. I'm sure you do as well. Everything is good. Now, that taught me a very valuable lesson. And again, it goes back to what Dan wrote in his blog post. And I'm going to go back and read this. He said, people are not buying your time. They're buying your unique talent and your years of experience in developing that talent. So for this client who got on the phone and spent less than five minutes with me, was it still worth $300 for him? Yes, because he had already decided ahead of time that he would pay $300 for me to help him find the solution to the problem that he had. We got on the call, In less than five minutes, I helped him find the solution to that problem. Now, the reason I was able to diagnose it so quickly is because I had him go through a couple steps. I asked him to do something for me. I listened with my ear, my trained ear, and as a result of all the years and experience that I have in doing the things that I do, I heard a specific sound and I instantly knew what the problem was and I said, all you need to do is pull this out, plug this back in, and then go ahead and try it. And we instantly fixed and solved the problem and then I explained to him what I thought it would be and he says, yes, Cliff, you know what? We did have a storm when I came back. I had to reset all the clocks on the microwave and the stove and everything and I'm like, that's exactly what happened to me. It's only happened to me once in the past. It was during a thunderstorm and that was what your problem was. He said, thank you so much. Less than five minutes on the telephone and he was extremely satisfied. And the other thing about hourly, I have no problem at all with the fact that I spent so many years making myself available on an hourly rate because I can tell you that it's through those one-off things. It's Cliff, I need this real quick question. I need this quick question. I don't need you to teach me through this whole thing, but I just need somebody who can teach me how to use Adobe Audition. Can you walk me through it? Just teach me the basics. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And I didn't have a tutorial at the time. I didn't have a package for teaching people that. I just had somebody say, hey, I want you to teach me this. And before I know it, one day I had four individuals pay me two hours each how to teach them how to use Adobe Audition. I did two in the morning, uh, then I had lunch, did two in the afternoon, and by the end of the day, I've taught four different people, spent two hours from beginning to end teaching them the basics of Adobe Audition. And I had done that with GarageBand, I had done that with Audacity, I had done that with so many people over so many different topics, and it's because of all of those one-on-one coaching and consulting calls that I knew what people didn't know. This stuff was like second nature to me. This stuff, I'm like, I can't believe these people don't know this. Of course, I never really thought that, but it's just sometimes you forget what is natural for you. This is a major hurdle or stumbling block for them, and so... It's through those one-on-one calls where I just made myself available for a quick one-off hourly rate, and that's what led me to eventually get around to saying, you know what, I have had so many people hire me to do this, I'm going to create a video tutorial on how to use the basics of Adobe Audition, and 
While I'm at it, I'm gonna create a video tutorial on how to use the basics of Audacity. I'm gonna create a video tutorial on how to set up a Behringer MDX 4600. I'm gonna do a video tutorial on how to set up a Roland digital audio recorder. And those tutorials eventually were created and I made them available for sale. They've literally sold tens of thousands of dollars worth of copies and they continue to make me lots of money continually today. And not only that, but those eventually became the basis of podcasting A to Z, which is something that has generated over $1 million in my business. So I am very thankful and very happy with all the years that I spent charging on an hourly rate for those one-off little things here and there. But I still think that finding those monthly packages where people can budget and have you on retainer, if you will, or if you can come up with a couple packages where they're completed projects, the outcome is known, it's what they're looking for, and it's something you can be efficient with, what we talked about earlier. I believe that you'll be able to scale if you do the other two things, whereas making yourself available on an hourly rate does not scale well, and that's what's happened to me, and that's why I don't offer one-on-one coaching today at an hourly rate, because I had grown to the place in my business where I had so many people that I just cannot make myself available to all the people who want to hire me one-on-one these days. And that's why I've gone to some other avenues. So Jonathan, I hope that is a helpful answer to your question. And I wish you great success in your business efforts. Now, if you have a question that you would like me to consider for a future episode of Podcast Answer Man, you can submit your question in audio form. The details can be found at podcastanswerman.com slash feedback. And if you want the greatest chance of having your question covered here in the podcast, I'll let you know that some of my favorite questions have to do with productivity, entrepreneurship, business mindset, pricing, things like that. I love this question that Jonathan asked here for this particular episode. And if you have a question like that, feel free to head over to podcastanswerman.com slash feedback. Another quick thing, I want to peel back the curtains here and let you see what's going on behind the scenes. I'm so glad that I made the decision to record this podcast and build it as I go. And what I meant by that is that I was having a difficult time trying to decide exactly what I was going to include in this week's episode. I told you at the beginning that I had some ideas on paper, but I wasn't quite sure exactly what I was going to include. So I didn't want to actually tell you at the front of the show, you're going to have this, 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 and this. Now, in the future, when I do a build as you go episode, I think what I could do is go ahead and record the different segments of the show and put them together and just not record the intro. And that way, once I've actually recorded all the segments and edited them and and I know exactly how I feel about the end result of each of the topics that I would cover in the episode, I could then, at the end, record the intro and say, this is what you're gonna get in this episode. But I didn't do it this way. This is a build it as I'm doing it kind of show. The interesting thing that Uh, I want to tell you right here is that we're probably about 23 minutes or so into this episode. But what you don't know until I tell you right now is that I recorded what you've already heard for about 43 minutes. That means I cut out a lot of stuff in the editing process yesterday. So I started recording this podcast yesterday recorded for about 43 minutes, and then afterward, I'm like, you know what? 
if I would have had more time to plan that out, I probably would have said this a little bit more succinctly. I cut out a ton of stuff, obviously about 20 minutes worth of commentary to give you only what was essential. And actually, this morning, which is it's currently 9 o'clock in the morning, the very next day, I went back and listened to the entire 21 minutes of content that was left after the process was finished. And I'm like, I probably could have still cut one little bit out of there. But let's just move forward. And I have a very good feel for how the first 21, now 23 or 24 minutes have been going. And I'm like, okay, now I have this amount of time left, approximately in my mind, knowing that I want to keep this under an hour. What do I want to include next? And I've already looked at that list of possible topics that I was going to cover in this episode. And I'm like, eh, that's not necessarily that important. That's not that important. But I do have one topic that I feel would be valuable for me to share. Although I do have a quick word of warning here that if you are a Windows computer user and you will always be a Windows computer user, what I'm about ready to share probably is not going to be all that appealing to you. But if you are a Mac computer user or might eventually become a Mac computer user, what I want to share with you is the list of apps that I wrote down that I simply felt like I had to install before I go ahead and start using this as my regular daily computer. So this is my list of Mac applications or at least the things that I wanted to set up on my Mac computer as being my quote-unquote required resources that are available to me on an ongoing basis. Now, I will include a list of everything I'm about ready to share with you in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 427. So if you want to see the list of these apps that I'm about ready to mention after the fact, head over there again, podcastanswerman.com slash 427. Let's go ahead and take a look at each of these apps that I felt must be included on my computer. First, number one I have here is Dropbox. Dropbox, of course, you can go to dropbox.com, read all about it, but it is a file storage system online in the cloud. You can install Dropbox on other machines and whatever files are in your Dropbox folder on this computer are automatically gonna sync over to other computers as well. And of course, I use it more for its feature of online backup, but I also love the fact that everything that I'm, like for example, when I'm creating a keynote presentation, on my main computer here sitting in front of me and I'm creating this for this conference that I'm getting ready to go to, all I have to do is open up my laptop which also has Dropbox on it. That presentation has synced over to that hard drive as well. And if I go to my hotel room and I'm like, okay, let's pull up the presentation, it's there. I don't have to worry about putting it on a thumb drive, Dropbox automatically syncs it for me. So I love Dropbox for its syncing ability and for its online backup ability. Next is Evernote. Evernote, you've got to know what Evernote is. If you haven't, just go to evernote.com and and maybe even go to YouTube and look at Evernote tutorials. But this is just a little program that just stores just about anything you ever want to remember. And I'm I'm not going to go into great detail because I think that everybody probably by this time already knows what Evernote is. But I use it. I rely on it. I love Evernote and it has to be on my machine. Uh, The next one is Time Machine. Now, this is software that's built in automatically to your Mac. But, of course, what was important and essential to me is that I actually 
set it up and let it do its initial backup and then make sure that it is set properly to do backups every single hour and looks for any changes to any files since the last hourly backup. And if there are any changes, then it saves new versions of only those files. I love Time Machine. The next one is an app called Better Snap Tool. I am oftentimes using multiple programs, multiple tabs in different windows of the browser. And sometimes I just wanna quickly say, hey, I wanna put this program in just the left side of the monitor. And I wanna, I, I wanted to actually fill up exactly half of the left side, half of the monitor, and then I want this other pro- program to sit next to it and take up exactly the other half of the monitor. Well, with this Better Snap tool, I can just click on the menu, the top bar of the of the software, and drag that window to the left hand side, and it will draw itself half the screen. And I let go, and it automatically resizes the window to fill that exact half. And then I can uh, drag the other software program over to the right-hand side. It it does the same same thing. And now those two programs are exactly filling each of them half the screen. If I want to, I can actually drag a a browser window up to the top left corner. And it will automatically resize itself to fill only one-fourth of the screen, the top left. And so I could actually do four different programs, four different windows, and each of them filling one-fourth of the screen. Hopefully you're tracking with me, uh, and if that sounds like a tool that could be valuable to you, it's called Better Snap Tool. I love it. It's in the Mac App Store. Another program is called Screen Float, all right? And this is where I can hit Control-S, at least I think that's one that I may have set up as my own preferred uh, shortcut. But anyway, Screen Float allows me to do Control-S and highlight over a certain section of the screen, kind of like you were going to do a screen capture, right? But what it does is instead of capturing that as an image and putting it on your desktop or wherever your saved images go, this actually brings the the, the screen capture to a floating, always on top window. So just that little screen grab is always going to be floating on top and then you can actually work it, drag it over and Sometimes what I'll do is I will screen grab an address and then I'll go into another program and then I will then type in that address instead of, you know, copying, pasting. Sometimes it, trust me, it makes sense to do it this way. Go see if you can find screen float, two different words, and uh, see if you can find somebody that's demonstrating that app and see if it is actually valuable to you. I think if you just go and do a Google search for screen float app, I'm sure you'll find their website and they actually have a video on there. I believe that's what initially sold me on the software. All right, I use the Mac Calendar app and of course I uh, have that syncing with my iCloud so that it syncs easily with my iPhone. I had been a Google Calendar user for many, many years, but now I am an Apple Calendar user. And the reason why is because I didn't like the Google Calendar app for the iPhone. I didn't like having to use third-party software made by somebody that's not Apple, not Google, but still trying to make my Google Calendar available on my iPhone. And I I just decided to go over to, to the Apple Calendar. And I have been using that for the last several months and I love it. Another program that I use is called Skitch. 
S-K-I-T-C-H. This actually comes bundled with Evernote, but it's something that I just have to make sure that it's set up. And this one I would do, I think it's a command five and it allows me to do a screen capture, but then it pulls up the screen capture in a little window and it allows me to add text overlay or draw arrows or highlight things and then save that as an image later. So I use Skitch quite a bit especially when I'm trying to show people how to do things in our discussion forums in podcasting A to Z. Text Wrangler is a program that I use as a replacement for the text editing software that comes with the Mac. Text Wrangler is more for people who do a lot of coding and stuff like that. And I do get into some PHP and some other uh, code. And I want something a little bit more robust than just text edit. Uh, FileZilla is an open source project that allows me to connect via FTP and I need that when I'm working with my friend Dan Miller. He uploads his file to his FTP server and every week I process his file. He's the only client that I've ever done post-production work for on a consistent basis and I still do his show for him every week and I use FileZilla to go up and get his files. Let's see here, Finder shortcuts. I go into my Finder window and I drag from my finder window inside of Dropbox I have many different file folders and the most common file folders you can drag over to the left and make them shortcuts in the left sidebar of your finder window and so I always go in and set those up. I have a ScanSnap iX500 scanner. This is an amazing scanner. It's full duplex so it'll do front and back scan at the same time. I am completely paperless in my office here and I save everything as a PDF document and those get saved as uh, PDFs in my Dropbox folder. I do not put all my PDFs inside of Evernote. Um, I put all of my PDFs, my own custom filing system inside of Dropbox. But to get any kind of paper that's actually mailed to me or any kind of receipts and stuff like that, I how do I get that into PDF form? I use this ScanSnap iX500 scanner to do that and I of course have to set up the software uh, that usually would come with the software, the scanner, but I just go and search for it online and download it from the support page and, and it works fine. Uh, then there's the Dymo Label Writer 450 Twin Turbo Printer. This is a little label printer uh, made by a company called Dymo and it's cool. It's thermal, so there's no ink that has to be replaced and I have one side of the printer prints postage stamps from Indicia and the other side prints uh, address labels. And so I have to install the software for the Dymo uh, labels that I do for mailing labels. And then I actually also have to go to Indicia.com and download their postage software. Uh, Not a big deal. Just install that, punch in my username and password, and it pulls it right in. Another piece of software that I use is PDF Pro 6, and this is software that lets me open up PDF documents and annotate them. I can actually take a scanned version of my signature and put that on signed forms. I can uh, do text overlay, so I can actually fill out forms via text on a PDF document. I just open up the PDF type in, drop my signature in, hit save, and that PDF now has all of that annotated information. That's PDF Pro 6. I was going to use a program called Total Finder. 
This is something that makes my Finder window more like a Chrome browser or a Firefox browser where you have multiple tabs. Uh, unfortunately, Total Finder is no longer made for El Capitan. So I'm not going to be using Total Finder anymore. There are some alternatives out there, but they don't look as good as this program that I was using called Total Finder. So I'm just going to get used to using the Finder window by default. Uh, of course, I installed ScreenFlow 5. Now, ScreenFlow is all one word, and this is a video capture, video screen capture uh, program. And it's also, ScreenFlow is what I use for all of my video editing. Even if I'm taking video from my iPhone or from my big full-blown Canon HFG30 camera, I, I use ScreenFlow for video editing, and I love ScreenFlow. If, by the way, if you want to see my basics of ScreenFlow video tutorial, you can find that over at uh, podcastanswerman.com slash products. I use Skype for all of my connecting to other people via audio when I want to do interviews for the podcasts that I do or just online meetings. I use the Day One Journal app. This is a little app that allows you to just keep journal of things that are going on through your day. And I've been using this for the last couple of years and I love it. I use an app called Cloud App. Cloud App is all one word. And if you want to learn more about what this is, go to getcloudapp.com. But this allows me to very quickly drag any file that's on my computer into this little cloud thing that's up in my menu system. It instantaneously creates a little copy link that I can then paste in an email or whatever and say, here's a link to that file that you wanted. It's it's really easy file sharing, if you will. Go over to getcloudapp.com. You can learn more about it. Also, I use Adobe Creative Cloud. I pay the, I think it's 50 bucks a month or something like that. And I have access to every Adobe software that they make. And the only two that I really use right now is Adobe Audition, which I use for all of my audio editing. And I use Adobe Photoshop for editing photos and images. Next up, I have the Kindle app. I do install the Kindle app on my desktop because I make highlights of books that I'm reading. In my Kindle that I actually use, I use the Kindle Voyage. I also have the Kindle app on my iPhone as well and on my iPad. But I read a lot of books and I will highlight certain things. And then what I'll do is I'll come to my computer and look at those highlights from my computer version of the Kindle app and build those into show preparation notes that I'm making for episodes where I want to share some of the insights that I've gotten from books that I've been recently reading. And then I recently started using QuickBooks Online, the desktop app. Now I've been using QuickBooks Online for my accounting software for many, many years, but I've always logged in via the web browser to access it. And lately, they've added the, uh, their own version of two-factor authentication. And so every time you log in, it sends you a code to your email. And you have to go check your email and, and type in that code and stuff like that. Whereas if you have the desktop version of their app, you can log in and it keeps you logged in. And I love that f- functionality. And, and really, all it is is it's, it's, it's not really storing all of that data locally. It's, it's pretty much as soon as you enter the stuff, it's instantly putting it into the cloud as well. Kind of like what Apple Calendar is doing. They're, 
you're you're putting the information in, but it's immediately syncing it up to their cloud servers. So I, I feel confident that that everything that I do on this QuickBooks Online desktop app is instantly saved on the cloud as well. So I, I like that app. I, I just started using that recently. And then the final app that I have here written down is Memory Monitor. And this is something that allows me to just keep track of what's going on with the memory in my computer. My new computer that I just recently got has 32 gigabytes of memory, and so I don't necessarily think that I have to worry too much, but I do like to actually see what programs I'm running are using a lot of memory. And I can hover over each program and it'll tell me how many gigs of memory it's it's using up. And there's also a little button that I can clear the, you know, the cache of the memory bringing up more memory for other things. So I'm really happy with Memory Monitor, two words in the Mac App Store. Anyway, those are just some apps that I find essential to computing for myself personally, and I thought that might be of interest to some of you. Anyway, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. I do want to quickly remind you that I am going to be speaking in New Zealand in February. If you want to come to New Zealand, for the Asia Pacific Podcast Conference, head over to my website. Uh, on the right-hand side, you'll see my future speaking gigs. If you click on that particular link for New Zealand, uh, that is my affiliate link. It will get you access to the ticket. At the regular price, you'll actually get the VIP pricing. So again, that's coming up in February. All the details over there, podcastanswerman.com, look in the sidebar. Also, I will be speaking at the Social Media Marketing World Conference. That's going to be in April. The details are over there at podcastanswerman.com as well. In the sidebar, there's a link, and that is also an affiliate link for signing up for that event. And the final thing that I want to mention is that my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, January 4th. If you have been thinking about starting a new podcast in 2016, I would love to be your personal coach for four weeks. I will be there to guide you, hold your hand through the entire process through my online coaching course. It's at podcastinga2z.com. Go over there, check out all the details. If you want, you can go ahead and sign up right away. If you have any questions whatsoever about the course after seeing that page, just email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. All right, well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next week, where I'll release another episode on Friday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, I encourage you to take everything you're doing to the next level. Helping you take everything you do to the next level.